find out. Man, let me find out. Find out a witty take on life and culture with Nikki Washington. Hey, you listening. Do you provide a service or happen to have a business or are you hosting your own event? Advertise it here on Let Me Find Out, a witty take on all things life, where the listeners can find out the 411 about your service, business, or event. Not only find out about today's lifestyle and culture in a witty way, but also let others find out about the service, business, or event you're promoting. It's definitely a win-win. Contact your girl, Nikki Washington, at lmfopodcast at gmail.com for details. You still listening? Let me find out. Welcome to another edition of Let Me Find Out, a witty take on life and culture. I am so super excited for this week's show. As you know, we've been bringing you quality content by licensed professionals, by all-around bosses, by just wonderful people in the faith. And this week is no exception. So, you know what's so funny about this week? I got on the phone. I love when I get to talk to my friends and we get to have organic conversation about just whatever flows. And so, I had a whole script, y'all, that I wanted to discuss and talk about. But I am dealing with the ultimate multi-hyphenate. So, I was like, you know what? We're just going to talk and chop it up and see where we land because she is so full of knowledge wisdom and insight that I really think that you could give her any kind of serve and she's gonna backhand Serena that joint you know what I'm saying <laughs> so I'm excited um I want you guys to give a warm warm welcome well actually you know what I'm so excited I almost forgot my my little spiel so listen if you are new to the show welcome welcome to the podcast feel free to rate comment subscribe as I always say every week each rating each comment each subscription allows us to be found by people who might not find us any other way so if you do girl solid go ahead and push that button make sure you share on social media so that i know that it's real and uh yeah as always now we can officially officially get into it gina are you there girl what's up i'm here girl <laughs> hey I'm, I'm gonna give you your proper introduction i ain't gonna do you for gazy i'm gonna give you your proper introduction like give i would me my proper so let me tell y'all about how bad this queen is okay i'm gonna read the bio and i'm trying to be as professional and as regal as i possibly can okay so okay, here we go man. Regina Hill is a founder and CEO of Regina Hill Consulting, which exists to cultivate diversity, equity, and inclusion within business and organizations and seeks to help organizations facilitate change through measurable goals. RHC has served many clients, including South Bend Police Department, Four Winds Casino, Beacon Health Systems, InSource, and PNC Bank. And everybody know what PNC Bank is. She national wit. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop acting like I'm, I'm really more hood than I am. Okay, I'm like, okay, here we go. So anyway, I could go on and on. She is a wife. She is a mother. She is a minister of the gospel. She is a worship team member. She, she didn't think I was going to say that one. Threw that one for free. <laughs> she is just an all-around cool, down-to-earth chick. She is currently finishing up her doctorate so soon to be Dr. Regina Hill. Welcome to Let Me Find Out. We're so glad to have you. Hey, family. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm good. I'm just excited. So before, uh, just to give y'all kind of background, whenever I um, do interviews on the show, they're usually almost always someone that I'm friends with, um, that I admire, that I really um, have just seen on the scene, and I just love what they're doing to edify the body. And this is a special interview for me because I'm fortunate in that she is all three. I admire who she is as a woman of God, and we are on the cusp and on the beginning of our friendship. But it's just been so awesome in this short period of time to see someone who really has a heart for God, who really has tangible faith, 
and who's real. And so we want to talk a little bit about just kind of opening up what it feels like to be a, first of all, a woman in the faith. Second of all, a woman preacher in the faith. Third of all, a woman preacher boss in the faith. Because I'll tell you the story. I was singing a song. I was leading a song in the choir and caught the Holy Ghost. You know how you catch the Holy Ghost. I caught it, girl. <laughs> I caught it real quick. And I, <laughs> when I caught it, it hit me, girl. And so I fell back in the chair in the pulpit where the preacher and as soon as I hit the chair, God told me that I was going to preach. And I immediately said, no, I'm not. And I was like, that's impossible. Women don't preach. I've never seen women preachers before. Wow. And so I had this, I had this mindset that this wasn't something that I could do. Um, fast forward a couple of months and then I became exposed to like the Juanita Bynums during that time. Um, Joyce Myers and I was like oh women do preach like what (laughs) where they do that at and so I just began to be exposed to those women preachers and then went shortly went off to college and was exposed to several different denominations and realized that women actually did preach and so it was it was 17 I had to reconcile um, religion what I was taught in religion uh, with the relationship that God was trying to establish with me at the time because God told me I was going to preach and I needed to tell him no. Because mm. religion wow. told me no. Wow. Isn't it interesting how I think most of us who are preachers always uh, we recant the same story. We always had a no in our core before we had that yes. <laughs> Girl, I had a strong no. I had a strong no. And plus, I was scared to talk in front of people. It's I was just petrified. so amazing to me because you were just so like articulate. And that's what I do now. My business is I go out and I I speak, I lead trainings. And so back then I would tell people, give me a microphone to sing and I'll sing all day long. But if you tell me to talk about something, oh, I was so scared. Oh, wow. That is so crazy to me. Yeah. Okay. So do you still, as a a minister of the gospel, is there, okay, so I still get nervous, right? And Mm -hmm. it usually is maybe the first, up until the first five minutes of me speaking. And then after that, it's like, I'm in my my rhythm and it's just like, I'm in the zone. But generally right before it's time to speak, I'm a little bit nervous. Do you get the same way? Girl, absolutely. I'm a nervous wreck. (laughs) Like you can't tell it on the outside because you know, I'm supposed to be bold as a lion and I got this confidence. But on the inside, I'm like, oh shoot, I got bubble guts and everything. (laughs) But as soon as I get the mic, I'm in my zone and I'm like, this is, this is my purpose. This is what I was made for. And then it is gone. And then when I'm done, but usually I black out, which is crazy. I black out. I don't see faces. Sometimes I go in and out and I see faces. My mind goes like 10 miles an hour. And so when I'm done, I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope that wasn't terrible because I don't remember or know what just happened. And I just remember my mind going like 10 miles an hour. And then people are like, oh my gosh, that was good. That was great. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad it was. Cause <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm present, but then I'm not present. Like I'm just trying to flow, stay in the flow. Totally get it. it which is so interesting. And a lot of people think um, there, there's just like this misperception, right? And we talked about this, the mi- misperception of being human, but still being a preacher. And one of them is they think that you just 
love speaking in front of people. I was in similar uh, situation in that, and I think I might have mentioned this before. I remember literally being in English class, and that was one of my strong suits. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I remember them saying, you can get an A if you do an oral speech, or you can do a B if you do a written paper. And I was like, I'll take the B. I'm good. <laughs> because I did not like speaking in front of people. And I came from a large family where if you didn't speak loud and fast, you wouldn't get a word in edgewise. So, like, mm -hmm. there was just a lot of dynamics to the reasons why I just didn't like speaking in front of people. But when God called me, I really was like, okay, God, I don't want to do this. And then I was like, but kind of like the Moses situation, we're like, well, you know, I got this stutter and, and I'm, yeah. I'm not enough and all this other stuff. And then God shows you to how he can take you not enough and make it more than enough. And so I think that's really, really interesting. So one of the stigmas for me was um, people thinking that you like microphones, that you like standing in front of people. When I say I was, and to this day, honestly, I'm so much more comfortable pushing somebody else's vision I'm like, yes, do that, Gina. Yes. <laughs> and, but but and the only the only reason why that I'm obedient or I'm doing what I'm I'm called to do is because I want to be obedient to the word of God and his will for my yeah. life. And I know it's what I'm purposed to do. But please understand if God said I could opt out this thing. <laughs> right. Be, right. Everybody thinks thoughts. they want the, the lights and the glory, but there's a weight that comes with it. Oh, absolutely. Have you found that there's a different level of scrutiny as a, a preacher and a, being a woman and, and having to stand before people and have the responsibility of being somewhat of a public figure? Yeah, I think um, you, you, you lose your humanity for mm. some people. They put you on this pedestal and they, they just have these assumptions about you. Like I had lunch with a young lady from church the other day and she was just saying how it took her so long to ask if we could go to lunch so she can get to know me because she was like well you know she's probably busy or at the church you know she looks like you know she's she's still in worship or in deep thought and or so and I was just like no I'm so approachable please come and talk to me like <laughs> I'm still human and I and you know what I get that in every area of my life just not being a minister like I have family members that are like you know, we didn't invite you because you're so busy. And I'm like, extend the invitation. Like, let me tell you I'm not that, that I'm busy. You know, just don't push me off to the side. So I think yeah, people see that, you know, I go, go, go. And I that I don't have time for, for them. And I'm like, no, like that's that is what centers me is spending time with people. Right. And we had that conversation also early on, too, because I'm one of those people where I have a lot going on, too, but I really make people my priority and I've had people assume that I was unapproachable or that I would be stuck up or that yeah. I would be like extra bougie and outside of food I am not bougie <laughs> but I remember us having that conversation we first started talking and I thought you would be like girl no call me and I was like when well, you ain't saying nothing but words sis so I get I, but I never thought that you were unapproachable I just thought you know people have a lot on their plate especially yeah. for me I've noticed I have a lot of friends who are like we mentioned before your mom and you're also a wife. And so I have a lot of friends who have that on their plates and they really don't have a lot of space for that. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me that you have a lot of space for that. So I just want to ask this question now that I think about it. I had a conversation with uh, one of my girlfriends who has two children and she is a mom and they've been married for a few years. And she literally doesn't have uh, a social life outside of her family, but her husband does. And so we were talking about, I mean, she said that she knows that she needs to do better in, in making that happen. But mm -hmm. um do you think that there is a a thing there, whatever that thing is, like an imbalance, or or do you think it's actual issue that a lot of married women kind of are so engulfed, um, and sometimes rightfully so, in their life, their family life, that they don't make time for self care or outside relationships? Yeah, that's that's a thing. 
that yeah. that is yeah. that is a thing and you have to be careful with that because you can lose yourself mm-hmm. in the process and then while you're trying to serve everybody within your family and they have separate lives and then when they're off doing whatever that they're doing you're sitting there like oh what am I supposed to do with myself who am I mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. you have you have to be intentional um I want to go back to something that you said about having the the time and the space for people. Um, because I am extremely busy, I make time and space for things that will edify me. Something uh, that won't drain me. If it's if it's going to drain me, I can't commit to it. But if it's something that's going to fuel me and keep me going, I'm I'm there for it. So with this PhD program, like I have a lot of friends that I haven't talked to, like really talked to, and possibly like four years. And so I said, once I finish, I have to go back to those friendships and mm. um, I guess reintroduce myself, but just get back into to friendship mode because I've been so, so busy. Um, and I think with our connection, me and you, we get something from each other. It's, you're not, you're not draining me. Like I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. I look forward to our phone calls every week because I know we just going to be silly. Like, right. I'd be like, yeah, she's giving me life. <laughs> right. Really, so I look forward. Really I look forward to it. Yeah. yeah, so I make I make time for those things um, when I know that it's going to build me up. Absolutely. Do, uh, what are some tips you can give some? Because you can speak to an area that I can't speak to as far as being a married woman with, with a family. What are some tips that you can give in a real practical way for the women that are listening or like, look, I want to have a life outside of my family, but I feel guilty because that means my daughter's going to be, you know, with a babysitter, or that means I'm going to spend money on myself instead of buying clothes for my kids. Like, how do you mm-hmm. get past feeling guilty? And what are some practical ways that women can really start to self-care and cultivate relationships outside of being a wife and a mother? Yeah, you have to, you have to know that if your cup isn't filled up, you can't fill anybody else's up. If you're running on empty, you are doing a disservice to those around you. So um, be intentional about your own self-care. What I what I do is I relax in my jacuzzi tub. And sometimes, yes, yes, I light my candles. I put my jazz music on. I close the door and tell them, don't come in here. Like, I need to refuel. Um, sometimes it's just going on a trip, a quick getaway with some friends over a weekend, just so I can be Gina. Like, I don't have to be mom. I don't have to be wife. I don't have to be colleague. I don't have to be an expert or a consultant. I'm just Gina acting silly, you know, just doing whatever you need that so that you can stay centered and then you can pour into others. How are you such a grounded preacher? That's what I want to (laughs) know. How do you manage to be so, because you, I mean, I'm sure y'all listening can kind of hear it just from from just our conversation one you probably hear that I'm just like I'm so like goofy when it comes to Gina because she's so cool but like <laughs> if you really listen to her talk she is so grounded in who she is and that's not uh something that's I mean I know people 60 70 years old that still don't have a good grasp on who they yeah. are so how have you managed to be a minister and have all these titles and stuff that some people would be very haughty about how do you how do you manage to be like trill (laughs) yeah I think when you recognize what your purpose is and what you are called to do um it it keeps you grounded and you know that it's not about you yeah you know like because if I didn't have to get up and talk in front of people I wouldn't do it but Mm. I realize it's much bigger than me it's not it's not about me absolutely you know so that 
that that keeps me grounded and you know being obedient like I went through a season I call it my wilderness experience in college where I was disobedient God told me to come back home and I didn't and literally I feel like my life fell apart but as you know at 20 19 years old like for me like my my world was crumbling and Mm. I can point it all the way back to that I wasn't obedient that I decided that I was going to do what I was going to do Mm-hmm. And once I got out of that rut, I told God I would never, ever be disobedient again. So now I make this when I make decisions like it's all like bathed in prayer because I'm like, is this what you want me to do or not to do? Because I remember my wilderness experience and I'm not trying to go back there. Oh, that's right. I, I, know that. found it. I think that's that's so key, like especially when you know that like we're no good without him anyway. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm always reminding about. Like, like when people try to gas you, and don't get me wrong, I give all the gas and I get to the gas. <laughs> because I think that, that some of it is necessary when it's true. Like, yeah. I don't just give empty gas. Like, oh, girl, you, you are really good at parasailing. I ain't never seen you parasailing in your life. I don't know girl, if you're good at that. You won't catch me like, parasailing. We gonna speak, or you would never do it. Girl, no. <laughs> We would speak those things, but I mean, like, I'm not gonna gas nobody on E. Like, that ain't that ain't what we do here. But I, um, I have always been very aware that that surface stuff fades, and that you know, really, substance is what matters. And and has resting our hat, hanging our hat on things eternal, are is what really are, is key. Because you know, you can you can get to a place where you start to believe in your own press, and then next you know, pride comes before the fall. So it's it's so, so crucial. So I'm glad you spoke to that. Now, let's talk about something real shallow and surface, speaking of surface. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, there has also been a stigma that I've noticed um, that, that says you can't be attractive or exude any type of appeal and be an ambassador or a speaker for God. I remember, and I tell my testimony, I shared a little bit when we uh, were at um, the uh, Inner Circle Conference, and I was talking about how, I was talking about my purity. I was talking about how when I was younger, it was a little easier because I was like this chubby buck tooth girl when nobody checked me. But as I grew into my own, people start to look at you a little differently. And then when you you look like what some people, because not all, everybody ain't checking for you, right? But when you look at some people who deem you as what they would consider attractive, and then you speak on behalf of God, it's almost like you become this anomaly. Did you ever um, have people not take you seriously or wrestle with um, your appearance because you are a beautiful woman, but you're still ministering on behalf of God? Um, I mean, you have some people who, who are like, I mean, religious folks who like, <laughs> you, you not wearing stockings, you know, I don't wear stockings. I feel like I'm in prison when I wear stockings or, you know, just, just like petty stuff or, um, like that dress just show your shape too much. Like I can't help. I have a shape. Like, I'm, you know, I'm. I'm trying to be slim thick, but I can't, I can't help it, you know? And plus yeah. I'm young and I'm, I'm, I got a husband, you know, if he fine with it, then, you know, we all good. So <laughs> I really, I really haven't had, I really don't pay too much attention to that once I got free from religion, but mm-hmm. I still try to be respectable. Now my favorite stylist, favorite stylist, Jay Bowman. I knew I you were gonna say wait. him. He's he's every church girl. Girl, girl, I cannot. Girl, I can't wait to get these coins, okay, so I can work with them. But um, <laughs> he said this one day that clothing is prophetic, mm. and I was like, yes, it is. It is definitely prophetic, and it's gonna speak to where I'm trying to go and who I want to be. And then I heard someone say today I was listening to the Breakfast Club, 
and this young lady was saying how um, clothing was her armor and how people see your clothing before they really like see you and get to know you for who you are. Mm. And so sometimes you need that. I do a lot of speaking for young girls Mm -hmm. and, you know, teenagers are superficial, but when I go into those environments, I know I got to be on point. Right. Because they're going to size me up from the time I enter the door and from the time I start talking and get get their attention. Like, oh, yeah, she cool. She know what she's saying. So I'm I'm very mindful and cognitive of what I wear and how I look and how I present myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember um, I used to do youth ministry for a pair ministry um, and I started in Atlanta and then I transferred in, and that's how I got to Dallas. And I remember I walked into the lunchroom of the cafeteria, about 300 little black kids and a bunch of little black girls came over to me and they're like, what's your name? I was like, my name is Nikki. Oh, okay. They're like, Miss Nikki, you got, you got inches, you got bundles. <laughs> and when I looked, I was like, and I was just wearing my real hair, but I, I forgot that the picture that they had showed the kids of me coming to speak beforehand, I had a weave. They go, we didn't know you had inches under that weave. <laughs> but how about Gina? I was really, I was like, what does that mean, inches? Oh, okay, I'm hip, I'm cool. But to speak to you, you pulled point, out your you, urban dictionary. Girl, I was like, they said I got inches. I think that's good, but let me double check. <laughs> but they were just very observant, stuff that I would have never even paid attention to. So you're right. There is a, sub, a certain level of needing to look um Relevant without compromise is how I like yeah. to coin it. Like you can look relevant and fresh without uh, being uh, compromising. I remember, and I think I might have shared this story with y'all before, how um, I had to preach at a Bible study when I was working at a mega church in Atlanta. And our, our minister staff would rotate Bible study. So it was my turn to teach noonday Bible study. And the noonday crowd was an older crowd. And I'll never forget, it was maybe it was maybe like 20 people in there, maybe less. And I came with jeans. And when a church mother was like, uh, Elder Washington, you didn't know you had to, to teach today? I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, oh, so you just wear jeans when you when you teach? And when I say my mouth was open, open Gina, I was like, what? What? Like, but Girl. I realized to her that was disrespectful. There weren't ripped jeans. There wasn't no, it was literally some jeans. Wasn't, wasn't tight jeans, like nothing. It was literally some jeans. But I realized that, you know, some people are kind of set in their ways. So I'm mm-hmm. of the same mindset of you. I really feel like you can have fun with your clothes. You can be fresh. You can be relevant. Yeah. And also be tasteful in, in how you present. And then there's some things you just can't help. I had a friend who used to lead songs in our choir and she just had the biggest butt ever and she couldn't do anything about it. And she had like what the girls pay for today. Like she had a tiny waist and like a, like one in Fashion Nova body. Yes. <laughs> that body kind. Yeah. Right. She had one in Fashion Nova, but literally no matter what she wore, like it would be a, it would be family and friends Sunday. And she'd have on a family and friends Sunday t-shirt and some jeans. And no matter what she wore, she just looked like she had her butt and the church mothers used to scoff, but like, what is the girl supposed to do? This yeah. is, this is who I am. And this girl, is what I'm called they to want her in a mumu. Girl, they wanted a whole E5. You hear me? Like, <laughs> they were like, this is what it is. But the, the interesting thing is, I'm not saying it doesn't happen to guys, but I would, I would be interested to find out how much it happens to men as far as uh, being critiqued for their presentation as a minister of the gospel, because I feel like this is just a feeling. I don't know if it's, if it's factual, maybe you can speak to it. I feel like women get a harder time when it comes to how they present and then don't have any type of attractiveness. It's almost like you got to get people to look past your surface to really see you and hear you before they even get to the gospel. It's just, I don't know. I find it an interesting anomaly. Girl, no, I'm not out here trying to be homely, trying to appease <laughs> folks. Okay. Like you go, you go get this gospel. Okay. You go get it in this leopard print and these, these stilettos, you go I get it. Okay? Right. And if y'all I'm go to her, anointed. 
Right. When she give y'all her Instagram, if y'all let, if she let y'all in, you'll see she mean it. Girl be sister, girl be fly. She be like, you'll get all this work. <laughs> so um, I want to so talk good. about. <laughs> I want to talk about just kind of round the bases before we close out. Like uh, your role as a wife mm-hmm. and being a wife. And particularly how you balance that with being a businesswoman. Not that if you can't do both, because we know obviously you can and you're doing well. But um, how do you really turn off the, the boss hat when you go home? Or how does that balance if you don't turn it off? Man, so <laughs> it's funny you said it because I'm like, I'm a boss at home too. No. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. She's sassy, y'all. FYI. I'm a boss at home, okay? I run the household. Okay? <laughs> I bring the oil. Okay. <laughs> order in the court listen no I think it's very important that um, you have a partner that can support you um, that understands your strengths and is not afraid of your strengths mm. and so yes, don't be um, intimidated fellas do you hear that do you hear what she's saying yeah, right we ain't right? got time we ain't like got I always say, if you're got time. yeah if you intimidated by me you already need to go ahead and hang it up because it ain't gonna, yeah. it ain't gonna happen it, it ain't, ain't gonna happen, happen. And I'm just going to continue to evolve in this? Like, mm-mm. Yeah, no. Nah, but, nah. um, but my husband, um, he works with me. I won't say for me. He works with me when it comes to my company. He's my brand strategist. And so... Um, and he's cold with it, y'all. Just FYI. <laughs> if you don't believe me, look at this podcast art. Need I say more? Mm, say less. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we, I think at home, like trying to find balance because... He works a nine to five. And so when he comes home, I'm usually like in work mode all day waiting on him to get home so I can talk to him about, you know, what I need. And he's like, you know, like, give me time. Give me this. So, like, I literally have to set, like, appointments with him to, oh, be, wow. like, to, to talk to <laughs> Girl, listen, folks be like, uh, you don't have, like, he's not accessible all day long. Like, no, like we lay in the bed together but I can't be like all right listen I need you to do this like he has to be in the mindset especially coming home so um I think I think knowing that because we have to work out that kink a little bit but just knowing like okay I need to meet with you this time so we can talk business um so that we can get things done so I think you you gotta have somebody who can support you and it's not afraid of your bossness no that's right not afraid of your bossness message brethren (laughs) <laughs> and the thing is, it's not that she don't want to submit. It's just that she wants you to, you know, understand who she is and and, and lead well. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. It. What's one thing in closing that you wish people knew um, about you that they don't know? Or one thing that you feel like is misunderstood about you that you wish was clear? Oh, girl, I am very reserved until you get to know me. Until, you know, we we develop a relationship because I... I desire strong, deep relationships. I'm very relational. But in the beginning, I, I don't get myself over so quickly. But um, because I'm, one, an introvert, um, mm-hmm. so I'm quiet a lot, and I'm lost in my thoughts a lot. So people automatically um, mistake my demeanor for being bougie or stuck up. And I'm like, no, that is not me at all. Like, I'm so down to earth. I'm one of the coolest people you'll ever meet. Like once you get to know me, right? Um, you know, I'm like an onion. I have layers. You know, <laughs> you pull them off. I have layers. Uh, so basically, yeah. be patient. It's coming. Yeah, like be be patient. I don't. Um, 
I don't open myself up to too many people just out the gate. Like you gotta, you gotta earn that. Like right. I had, I had too many friendships as a teenager that weren't, um, weren't healthy for me. Um, a lot of jealousy, which I was just like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Like if you really knew my life, you wouldn't be jealous <laughs> at all. But, um, you know, I won't say I'm standoffish, but I'm protective a little bit of, yeah. of my friendships because once, like once we click, like we click, like I told Nikki, like you can't get rid of me now. Like, <laughs> we stuck for life. Like, know what I ever try? You know what? So <laughs> right. If you ever try, like, <laughs> you know what's funny though? I'm similar and I only differ in this way. So for me, and it's been, it's funny to hear people tell me back what it's been like uh, for them to get to know me. Because for me, I'm one of those people that if I, I feel like I have a high sense of, well, now I feel, I have a high sense of discernment, a high level of really uh, being able to kind of assess and read and sense. And so because of that, um, when I know immediately, I know, and I'm just like an open yeah. book. You can ask me anything. Like yeah. with Gina, the, from the moment I met her, I could sense in my spirit that this was a God thing. So there literally was nothing she could ask me. I'd have been like, girl, let me tell you about this bunion. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't have no bunion, y'all. But you get what I'm saying. There's literally nothing I would, would wouldn't divulge. But then there are some people who my spirit immediately is like, uh, and like you couldn't ask me what kind of salad I have for lunch. I'd be like, why you want to know about my lettuce? Like, what is going on? <laughs> so it's one of those things where I'm real closed off if I'm uncertain. But mm-hmm. the moment my Holy Ghost kicks in and I know, it's like, girl, the sky's the limit. I'd be like, all right then, Lord, let's do this. So I get that. That is so good. So tell the people what you have coming and tell them where they can find you online and how to can connect with you yeah so i am venturing into uh, women's ministry but not necessarily in the church um my ministry is kind of like marketplace and so um at the beginning of the the year i'll be announcing um some retreats and conferences that i'm going to be hosting for my area but you can keep in contact with me at it's red gina r-e-d-g-i-n-a Hill on Facebook, on Instagram is GG underscore Hill. You can find me there. Awesome. 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 So I'm so glad again, y'all. I would love for her to come on and do another episode later on down the pipeline when she's graduating, everything's calmed down. It could just be like a party episode or something. I don't know. We have to figure it out. We should do that. I think that'll be really cool because I think that for the, for the, um, first time in a long time, we are seeing, at least from my vantage point, a lot of African-American women coming to the surface. And I know right now we're in the middle of a women's movement and all that other stuff, but I just feel like there's such a wealth of educated, strong, faith-based women who have so many wonderful things to share. And I learned that just even when we were in our uh, our different environments back in Houston and then in Detroit, just getting to glean from people and no one has the market corners on them, the anointing, right? We all have some kind of piece to contribute. So Every time Gina talks, even if we're just being silly, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, lock and load. I got that. That's good stuff. I'm like, she is just like a solid person. But I feel like when you're a student of life, you can glean that from the people that you are around and particularly people who have a lot to say. So thank you for being quiet, yet left having a lot to say. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yo, extrovert, introvert. That's what I'm going to call you. Yes. I know you're not extrovert, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I can turn it on and turn it off. Yeah, I find the funny thing is I find that the older I get, the more I lean toward that middle. So by uh, testing standards, I'm an extrovert. But if you can see that percentage, it's like right on the line. It's like 56, 40, whatever, 44. So like, yeah, it's right there. But 
um, I, I, I too can turn it on and off when I when I need to. Sometimes I'd be so drained, I just want to go hide in the office at work and chill. I can't, but I want to. <laughs> so I totally get it. But anyway, so y'all, you've heard from the lady herself. Please feel free to hit her up. Let her know you heard her on the show and that something shared. Bless you. As always, if you'd like to connect with me, you know where I'm at. You know where I be. Holla at your girl. It's Nick, N-I-K-K, Washington. At wherever you're logged on, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Um, Instagram is where I'll probably answer for first. Uh, Facebook, I'll probably answer about a month or two later because Facebook be on some other stuff sometimes. <laughs> girl, my Facebook be looking like a Christian Tinder ad. I'll be like, I can't do <laughs> that's another show though y'all but, uh, but yeah so if you uh, want to holler at me and share your comments about the show feel free to do that and as always you are listening to let me find out let me find out Find out a witty take on life and culture with Nikki Washington. 